They didn't realize we were seeds. They didn't realize you were seeds. They open doors so others can walk through them. Your legacy is every life you have ever touched. I'm Stella Sagliari, and this is Salt the Podcast. Welcome to the Salt the Podcast one year anniversary episode that will be with me and some beautiful recordings from people that I received for this episode. I woke up one morning five years ago, I think, and I told my partner that I wanted to start a podcast. And he looked at me and was like, okay, go for it, like always. He actually most of the time supports all my ideas, my plans, my the things that I want to do. So that was his response. However, it took me after that little encounter with him another three years, I think, to go for it. And um, it was while I was pregnant with my daughter, Christina Alia, who is also, um, yeah, she's the reason who are really starting the podcast. And while I was pregnant with her, a lot of things in my life started changing and in me. And one day I was alone at home. It was a little bit before uh, giving birth, I think. And I uh, sent out a message uh, in a Facebook group saying, I need somebody to guide me through this. I need some support because I'm not a tech savvy person. And I knew with everything that I that was going on in my life, that I wouldn't have the time and also not the motivation to figure out all the technical stuff. And um, I met through this uh, comment that I dropped there. Um, and maybe just a little parenthesis. I wanted to make many changes in my life for a while at that time. And then one day I say, okay, me just having all these ideas in my head and saying I want to have a change without doing anything will not make a change in my life. So I said, I need to, to put it out there. I need to start somewhere. So I thought, let's start with a podcast. And me putting this very simple question in that Facebook group made a huge, huge change in my life. So I met, um, first of all, I met Inika. Inika called herself a podcast addict and we met in a cafe and um, she wanted to support me with the podcast and she told me I want to become actually a podcast manager and I want to start editing podcasts and I said okay you're going to be my podcast editor and then through her I met her sister Vadrin and Vadrin also at that time was also making some changes in her life she was studying law and she was almost finished but she knew that she didn't want to be a lawyer so or, or go into law. I don't know if it was about being a lawyer. And um, she wanted to become a virtual assistant. So um, she was about to make a change in her life. And she, together with my brother, built the website for Sold. And then through that comment on the Facebook group, I met Vivian Aqua. And Vivian became my podcast coach, meaning she really um, supported me until I launched my podcast. I had a call with her. It was a 10-minute call. She was really formal. Or I think 30 minutes. She says, I have 30 minutes. She was very formal. A little bit, um, I wouldn't use the word rough, but 
yeah, she was like this. And I like these kind of people who challenge me. And she was calling me lady. And then she says, if you want to launch your podcast, I'm here and you should challenge yourself that in six months you can do it. And that's it. And she sent me an offer. And then I left it. And then she emailed me again. Have you thought about it? And then I thought, she's my person. She's persistent. I like her style. I like her energy. I like that she's pushing me. So I'm going to work with her. And it was wonderful. Um, she told me, we're going to meet every Friday for, I think, six weeks for 30 minutes. And those 30 minutes became an hour and an hour and a half and two hours. And we, yeah, we connected really nicely with each other. And she helped me. Um, visualizing uh, my idea and putting it on paper and creating my website and uh, yeah, creating salt. So yes, these uh, were a little bit the beginnings. And of course um, my partner and my family played a big, big part in that. But the reason why I also wanted to create this podcast was that of course, everything has to do with our own upbringing, with our own issues, trauma, experiences, the things we see around us. And um, I can say for myself that I never uh, experienced so much this, I'm going to call it sisterhood in my life. Actually, I experienced more uh, the opposite of it. But when I moved to the Netherlands, a lot of things changed. And um, I saw how important it is, um, yeah, to have your sisters around you who support you, who cheer you up. And this beauty when women come together, the energy that exists. And yeah, and I also realized when I had my kids, how, or my first son, my second son, probably my first two kids, how a lot of women, and not just mothers, but were struggling on their own. And um, yeah, struggling alone, not sharing a lot of things, carrying some shame with them, some stigma. And I saw... Um, at that time, at least, and with the things that I was surrounded, that I didn't see a lot of women that represented me, my friends, our struggles. I missed this feminist solidarity. And then I thought I, I want to also create a podcast because I want these women's voices to be heard. It's not about celebrities. It's not about the famous people. It's about us, the, the ordinary women that say doing extraordinary things. And on that journey, I found feminism, which I had found already before, but then I really called myself a feminist. And before I read something to all of you, I want to share the first message that I received based on what I just shared. Uh, what I like most about the podcast is that people tell their truth and share difficult life experiences in order to inspire others. In a world where women are expected to be superwomen, and successful in all roles, it's nice to see that it's okay to have your own difficulties, that you are not alone. And now I want to read something to all of you that I wrote. Where did we find feminism? Or where did feminism find us? When did feminism become a word that not only spoke to you, but spoke you, spoke of your existence, spoke you into existence? When did the sound of the word feminism become your sound? Asks Sara Ahmed in her introduction to living a feminist life. It is fascinating how we stumble upon feminism, the F word, and how our feminist trajectories are different from each other. 
Because while the reality is that we all suffer misogynist oppression in a capitalist society, our oppression assumes different forms. I personally despised feminism for a long time, associating it with Northwestern European women only, white women, elitism, privileges, women that were looking down on my mother. However, feminism was slowly tiptoeing aside me, insisting and not giving up on me because deep inside I was longing for it. Me, the killjoy, the willful girl searching for words to describe the things she experienced, saw around her. When feminism found me, it changed my life. I found it in the writings of Audre Lorde, Sarah Ahmed, Maya Angelou, in Kimberly Crenshaw's concept of intersectionality. It was given to me by women of color, women from the global south, my Egyptian Bahraini Palestinian sisters, a Lebanese acquaintance, the women I worked with in the shelters, my daughter, Christina, who made me say it out loud, I am a feminist. Feminism gave me a home, not as a comfortable, stable, inherited and familiar space, but as an imaginative, politically charged space in which the familiarity and sense of affection and commitment lay in shared collective analysis of social injustice, as well as visions of radical transformation. Sandra Mohanty says it so beautifully. It further showed me that my worries for social justice across gender, ethnicity, religion, race, class, and so on, date back to my childhood, my childhood experiences. And while my journey has not been linear, it dismissed my initial belief that feminism is Western, white, and elitist. I realized that the assumption that feminism travels from the West to the East as something that the West gives to the East is a traveling assumption, one that tells a feminist story in a certain way, a story that is much repeated, as Sara Ahmed once again puts it so beautifully. And since this is not my story, I want to tell other stories, the feminist stories of women from the global South, the feminist stories of women of color, the feminist stories of marginalized communities, the feminist stories of women with a migration history, and so on. I am enchanted by feminist cartographies, by feminist genealogies, by stories, people's stories. And I associate those cartographies with border crossings, borders of nations, but also borders of social categories, disciplines, taboos. I link those journeys to journeys towards home. And again, when I say home, I mean that deeply political space that allows us to envision feminist solidarities to establish social justice. It is a space that makes us ask, quote, what can we do for each other instead of who are we? End of quote, as Tucker puts it so beautifully, recognizing that genders, sexualities, races, classes, nations, and even continents exist not as hermetically sealed entities, but rather as parts of a permeable interwoven relationality 
as Ella Shohat puts it, we are all connected. So I learned on this feminist journey of mine that there is no unified feminist historical narrative, but rather the showcasing of alternative imaginative alliances. And then I came across a lecture by Nadia Al-Ali, um, her inaugural lecture actually at the School of Oriental and African Studies, where I studied some years ago, entitled Transnational Feminist Journeys to and from the Middle East, and her definition of feminism. She says, personally, I associate my political practices as a feminist with a struggle against racism, imperialism, economic exploitation, and heteronormativity in the attempt to find non-hierarchical and non-violent base of resisting these various forms of intersecting hierarchies and inequality, what has been coined transnational feminist politics and practice. Her definition allowed me to define my feminism on theoretical grounds. I am talking about transnational feminism and transnational feminist solidarity. So we come together because we share political commitments, not a common identity or a set of experiences, to challenge injustices and oppression. However, and this is another thing about feminism that I love so much, feminism is neither only nor simply a tool. It is a movement, and it's a movement that is not owned by anybody. There is not one leader. It is a movement that requires us to move while feminist theory is world-making, as again, my beloved Sara Ahmed puts it. And I associate this largely with being an activist. Activism means engaging in direct, vigorous actions to support or oppose one side of a controversial issue. In this case, that activism is directed towards social justice in which people have their human rights and freedoms respected, receive equitable treatment with regard to opportunities and resources, and are not discriminated against because of their class, gender, race, sexual orientation, and other forms of diversity, as I read in an article by Frey and Blinne. And I further associate activism with creativity, which I really, really understood when watching United in Anger, a history of ACT UP, which is a documentary about the evolution of the HIV AIDS activist movement in the United States in the 1980s. The movement's activism, the activists portrayed in the movie, their activism, it was limitless, highlighting that it takes radical imagination to envision a world that is not there yet, even in the most gruesome circumstances. And here I want to finish this piece of, of, of writing of mine with a quote by Angela Davis, who says, you have to act as if it were possible to radically transform the world and you have to do it all the time. So I hope by reading this rather longer text to you that you have a bit of an understanding what feminism means to me, how it started, and what is it that I want to bring across with my podcast that it's about diversity, that there is not one single category of women. We are based in different locations. Race is important. Ethnicity is important. Class, ability 
it is a big difference if you are a transgender woman who is poor, let's say, and lives in Mexico and is different, is different if you are a white, cisgender, heterosexual woman living in the Netherlands. And this is something, and of course, it's a journey of mine. I'm, I'm, I'm not um, claiming to be perfect, but this is something that is really important to me in my podcast. And I want to now play two uh, messages that I received that really encapsulate this and that made me really happy that it's it's visible that this is one of my major, major objectives with the podcast. Well, my favorite episode and why? Well, I just couldn't pick just one. Uh, I think uh, it's so amazing that so much, so much diversity it's um, it's portrayed in the in the podcast. Uh, so many voices, so many stories. I think I couldn't just pick one. I think uh, together make it more powerful. I really like it. Yes, because one of the questions that I posted for people to send me messages for was, "What was your favorite episode?" and this answer, the person is not able to choose, um, or Pamela is not able to choose which episode, but she appreciates the diversity and also sees that the different conversations that I'm having are somehow connected with each other, because I don't like to use the word interview. I always call the, the meetings that I have with my guests, with my friends, with the, the people that I encounter, I call them conversations. And I'm always open to the unexpected. And of course, we have some questions that I send them in advance, but we never know what's going to actually happen in the actual encounter. And I also believe that our conversations are connected with each other. We cannot look at them as, we cannot box them. We cannot put them in categories. There is some fluidity happening here. And then with regard to what I just said, I received a beautiful message from Florencia. And um, with her, she's originally from Chile. She lives in, in the States. Um, we met through Soul. We connected uh, th through a quote um, that I posted on my um, Instagram profile of Andurati Roy. And that's how she started following me. And we slowly got to know each other. And um, yeah, I think we've established a very beautiful um, relationship. And um, I want to play something that she sent me also again with regard to what I just said. So I am very grateful that the women in this show are like you and I. And that they bring different thought to the to feminism. That we're not this project is not portraying feminism as this very just kind of affluent, powerful white bubble that has been for some time, but bringing all these voices that need need a platform. And I, my, the other part that really inspires me about SALT is the fact that Stella doesn't shy away from performing radicalism in terms of her, the thought process of her guests. Um, there aren't any taboo topics. We talk about sexuality. We talk about um, abuse, about periods, um, menstruation, I mean, about... Um, discrimination about anything that can be seen in the, about racism um the, yeah about oppression in all ways and i think that a lot of that can be seen as um too much and stella's not afraid to go there yes so i was so happy when i received these messages because i felt okay 
what what I'm doing here, it's visible. People see it, people feel it. And yes, thank you. And these were two messages that I received with regard to that. And as I said earlier, this idea of one global sisterhood, which appeared in the late 1960s, never questioned the idea of a Western feminism um, that assumes a white, middle-class, heterosexual, feminist subject living in the global North. So I already mentioned it before, I want to go against these hegemonic feminist imaginings of the white heterosexual woman who lives in the UK, lives in the United States, who is fighting to, to get a better salary. And don't get me wrong, this is definitely a feminist issue, but it's not just that. It's also about having access to water. It's about racism. It's about capitalism. It's about heteronormativity. There's so many things that at least my feminism falls under it. And also we need to, we cannot ignore diversity. We cannot allow ourselves to ignore the difference and inequalities among women that exist. So this is something that is really, really, really close to me. And uh, I've already mentioned her in the text that I read to you, Audrey Lord. I'm I'm falling in love with her. I've been falling in love with her, maybe I should say. And um, she has a lot of famous essays, but one of them is called The Master's Tools Will Never Dismantle the Master's House. And there she states, it is a particular academic arrogance to assume any discussion of feminist theory without examining our many differences and without a significant input from poor women, black women, third world women, lesbian women, and of course, I would add transgender women to that as well, um, non-binary people, um, yeah, mothers, we can, of course, um, the list is long. And um, yes, that's, uh, that's um, yeah, that's something that, that I, I wanted to share um, to give a little bit more of background. And that's why for me, it is very, very important that um, I have diverse women on my show. And of course, I hope it's going to get even more diverse. Yeah, the, the, the more visibility I achieve. Now I have to see where I want to go from, from this. I think I want for now to share some, yeah, some beautiful messages uh, that I received where people mention, let's say, their favorite episodes or they mention um, who has been their salt. So I want to share some of those with you. The first one is uh, I received from Miriam. Hi, Stella. So first of all, congratulations with your first anniversary on Salt, the podcast. Thank you for sharing so much powerful women with us. Although I found all the episodes I listened to very inspiring, the one with Sophie, episode 15, called Our Love Letter to Feminism, that one really touched me because she made me realize that I am also a feminist. So what I have learned from SALT is that feminism is much more than what I had in mind. Personally, my SALT is love. So that is not just one person for me. Keep doing what you do your way. I am proud of all the SALT that you are spreading on us. Thank you for this message, Miriam. And yes, um, 
one of the questions that I always ask um, my guests is who has been your salt? Who has inspired you? And to whom do you want to pass the salt? And sometimes people mention just one person. Sometimes I get a list of people. And as it was now the case with Miriam, it's not a person, it's love. Love has been her salt. And it's funny because I received another message from Melania who also shared with me for this episode who has been her salt. So I want you to listen to that one too. If I think gratefully, I can definitely see that my salt is spread out in a lot of people that have crossed and will cross my journey. But also when I connect with the nature during my walk alone in the park, I experienced periods where emotions took over my mind, freezing my action and wishes. But the salt which I visualize as love, always arrived or arrives through people I knew or I didn't know, and also via coincidence. I consider love as an energy that has no shape and time, capable of healing, nurturing, and capable of giving you the tools to understand better, therefore growing stronger. So definitely for me, salt is um, caring, listening, and understanding. Beautiful. That was a message from Melania, with whom I met in 2014, after having spent three months in the hospital with my first son, who was born six months and 820 grams. And it was a tough time for us as a couple to welcome our first child together yeah, with this, but um, there was also a lot of beauty in this time. And um, during that time, I met Melania and uh, yeah, we connected, but then we lost each other for some reason. And through salt, we reconnected. And um, yeah, she just says that meeting people on the way, right? Um, and I think our encounter has been one of those. And we met again through salt and we actually created a video together that was also one of the highlights of SALT this year, creating this beautiful vi video with SALT's mission and vision. And we spent the day together in a studio that we rented from a woman that gave it to us and for a really nice price because I didn't have much money. And um, I asked some of my friends to join, also old friends that I hadn't spoken with in a while. And everybody said yes, or yeah, everybody except one person or two, but they had their reasons. And it was amazing. Everybody came. Everybody was on time. Um, my friend Simone came with her mom and her daughter. And everybody was focused and prepared. And it was just so beautiful being all together there. Yeah. And I felt so loved. And this was something we did with Melania, just as a side note. And I really think it encapsulates what she just shared with her soul. This also the people you meet on your way by coincidence, um, the love that you feel for each other. And um, yes, one of the things now this wasn't planned, but I'm, I mean, not that everything I say today was planned. I'm just talking actually mostly freestyle with a few notes hanging on my wall. Very few. Yes. And then I actually also want to share another beautiful message um, that I received from Simona. Just one episode, but I have two favorites. And for me, it was episode 12 with Olga Dittiban, 
She um, is from South Africa and her uh, episode was about I am purposeful and afraid of nothing. And she just really gave me goosebumps. Olga went through so much in life, but that didn't stop her from being uh, purposeful. She has so much determination, so much strength and so much power. And I love the fact that through dance, uh, she could uh, express her emotions um, and yeah, express everything that she went through. So for me, Olga was like really an example of a strong woman, woman who went through a lot, but conquered also a lot. And yeah, still enjoys life, still is full of spirit, full of joy. Yeah, nothing can breaker so for me episode 12 was amazing and another favorite episode of mine was episode 20 with Nicole Rumer from Neighborhood Feminist uh, it's a subject that's also very close to my heart it's about period poverty because in the Netherlands we often think that it's a rich country so therefore everybody has access to like the basic needs and one of the basic needs of a woman is um, getting menstrual uh, menstrual products um, but there is a group of women who don't have access to those uh, products so neighborhood feminist really um, goes out in the neighborhood and provides those women those basic needs that we as women all need between a certain age you know so uh yeah for me that was really a, a touching episode um it also motivated me to donate of course all those products i have a daughter who's 16 years old and i could not even imagine for her to don't have access to those products uh, while having her while having her monthly cycle you know so for me episode 20 was also about empathy and being aware of what is needed even close to my home so hopefully uh, I can uh, pay a big tribute to that as one as well and that also um, gets to me at um, the third question what I have learned from salt well that there is so much more that we can do as women to support support each other to help each other to inspire um, yeah so for me salt every episode that I listen I always think, okay, um, where can I play my part in this? Is this a conversation that I need to have about the subject with somebody else? Uh, can I attribute in another way? So Saul really um, learns me to think way broader uh, than my own life and spectrum right now. And yeah, um, on that note, uh, who has been my soul? Well, um, first... In the past, I would have said like my mom, uh, but in general, when I think about the question, uh, actually so many people have been my salt. A lot of people, um, everybody has gold in them. And when you find that gold in that person, for me, that is the salt um, that I get from that person. So um, I think everybody who comes in my life uh, inspires me in some kind of way. It can be in business wise, personal wise, emotional wise, spiritual, spiritual wise. Um, but I think overall, my biggest salt on a daily basis is my daughter. She's so unique, so herself, um, so determined and so full of life. Uh, she really 
brightens my day. But not only that, she also gets me out of my comfort zone. So, uh, yeah, I owe it to my daughter, Zoe, for uh, yeah being my inspiration day in and day out and uh, helping me also grow as a woman in this world. Yes, I know Zoe and she's amazing. She's really herself and she's just wonderful. Yes, so what also becomes um, clear from Simona's um, feedback and when we looked, for instance, at the episode Period Poverty with um, Nicole Rimmer from The Neighborhood Feminists, which I enjoyed a lot because I learned so much and I really loved talking to, to Nicole, is that she really beautifully exemplified the concept of intersectional feminism, intersectionality, because I've already implied it a bit at the beginning, but I didn't really use the word intersectionality or didn't explain it. But this is also something that is so important for me in my podcast. And it's a term that was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw in 1989 that pinpointed um, the whiteness of Western epistemology of knowledge production, actually. And it questioned this universal category of women that I've already talked about earlier. Um, and this idea of, okay, who is actually included in the category of woman or women? And this is a big discussion. And um, she kind of um, made this intervention here, um, critiquing this racist and ethnocentric assumption of white feminists pointing out that women's lived experiences are dictated by the intersection of their different identities, their gender, their race, the class, sexuality, ability, location, and other forms um, of diversity, that it's not just about women and we all have the same oppression and we all live the same lives. No, it's also about what is your race? What is your class, your sexuality? Where do you live? Do you live in a war zone? Do you live in a poor neighborhood? Do you live in an affluent city, a country like the Netherlands, let's say? Do you have a disability? These are all things that we need to take into consideration. And Nicole, um, because of the work they do, they tackle period poverty in the Netherlands. And as Simona stated, the Netherlands is such a rich country and you would think there is no poverty here. No, there is. Um, and they provide uh, kits to people in need. And she explained very beautifully the concept of intersectionality because they provide pets to people who menstruate. And she told me that people would ask them, why are you providing pets? They're not good for the environment. You should give menstruation cups, for instance, or washable underwear. And then she said to us, yeah, that's maybe in your reality is possible. But what do you do if you live in the street? Where are you going to wash this underwear? Where are you going to wash the, the cup? What if you have experienced trauma, sexual abuse, and you don't feel comfortable putting something into your vagina? So she was really, really um, explaining this very well, that you need to also talk with the community and not just make your own assumptions and come across as this white savior who is here to save the world and knows everything best. So I'm really happy that Simona mentioned this episode again, because it really exemplifies what my podcast is trying to, to, yeah, to bring across. And thank you, Simona, of course, for sharing this uh yeah the, 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 that you say that you learn from it because it's also something i want to 
bring knowledge with my podcast. I want to inspire, but I also want to produce knowledge so that people can learn things that maybe they didn't know. And also all of us challenge ourselves, get out of our comfort zone, see what is it that we can do to make things better. So then I don't know if you know, but podcasting takes a lot of time and a lot of work. And uh, it's something that I enjoy very, very much, but it's a lot of work. So I want to go now to two people or actually two more, but I want to start with two. I want to start with Crystal. Um, Crystal is a Dutch woman from Utrecht who lives in Palestine. She's married to a Palestinian and has two kids. And uh, I was following her uh, podcast on Instagram, Stories from Palestine. And one day I say, I knew it already, but once day I dared to message her and ask her for uh, a podcast episode. And she said, yes, right away. And she sent me a message. And there it becomes also a little bit clear all the work that you have to put in as a podcaster. And I will share more with you on that. But I want to introduce this part of uh, my anniversary episode with Crystal's message that you managed to get to this one year anniversary i you know i'm a podcaster myself and that's how we met because we're in the same group on facebook that supports women who are podcasting it's called she podcasts and it seems that once i posted something there about my podcast stories from palestine and you got interested and contacted me And you interviewed me for your podcast. And it was a lovely conversation. And I think uh, that we connected on many different levels, especially the fact that you are living in my country, in the Netherlands, while I am now living in Palestine. And we had a beautiful conversation and you did a great job on, uh, on that podcast. And um, yeah, I know how hard it is to keep going with a podcast because you can have wonderful ideas and wonderful people to interview but still it's a lot of work every time to contact people and to prepare for the interview questions and then to edit it so that it all sounds good so really thumbs up for you to continue and to bring such inspiring women on your platform that we can listen to and learn from and feel inspired and energized and yeah I really want to say to you Keep doing it, keep going, bring on these really important voices of strong women and women who are making a change in the society. So have a wonderful first anniversary, be proud of yourself, and uh, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Thank you, Crystal, for this message. And she said it, it, it takes some editing. <laughs> Because I do not publish the raw episodes for a lot of different reasons. But I'm not doing this by myself. I'm doing this together with Ineke, the woman that I mentioned at the beginning. She was the first person I met who, yeah, believed in my podcast and gave me some advice. And through her, I met her sister and so on and so forth. And Ineke is my editor. And uh, yeah, I always uh, send her the notes, what to edit. And then she does an incredible job cutting things together from different conversations, different recordings. And yeah, I have to say big, big thank you to her. And um, she also sent me a note, but she also wrote something very beautiful. I think I will first play her note and then I will read a text that she published and also sent me the other day. Working with Stella these last 12 months have been an honor. 
The messages she shares are strong and empowering and sometimes difficult, but she navigates them with grace and leads her guests with an expert hand. She has conversations people don't always want to hear, but messages that need to be heard so that the world can become a better place. It is my privilege to be the podcast manager of Sort the Podcast. Thank you, Ineke. It has been wonderful working with you. And yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more with you. Uh, but Ineke also sent me this text. Uh, and obviously she edits also more podcasts, not just mine. Yesterday, I went to bed with puffy eyes as I got through yet another incredible inspirational tale of survival and strength. These words, however, do not do justice to some stories I have the honor to edit. Podcasts can be a huge platform for entertainment. It can also be one for education, which is, of course, hugely important, and I've used it for my own entrepreneurial journey. But they also serve to inspire us to dream bigger, stay strong, fight for what you believe in, and keep climbing that mountain that is life. I'm honored and humbled to be part of this journey. Podcasts make me cry. They show me community, make me laugh out loud, teach me, and inspire me. It is a beautiful thing. And this is so nice to have an editor who has this view. Like often when I send her my podcast for editing, she will reply back to me and she will say, another amazing woman that you interviewed. Where are you finding these people? I learned so much. Oh, this episode, I think I need to have a talk with my kids. And this is so beautiful that we have this interaction with each other, that it's not just, okay, you're doing business for me. Here's the thing, edit it, send it back to me and I pay you and that's it. No. There's this encounter that I have with her. And I remember when I met her, uh, she didn't know what my podcast was about. And then one evening I received a message from her and she was like, listen, before I meet you, I want you to know that I only work with specific people who want to, um, who, whose podcasts are about specific topics. And um, I'm really into women's issues and so on and so forth. And I said like, oh my goodness, wow, this is what my podcast will be about. And then we were like, okay. We're meant to be together and work together. And uh, yeah, it has been wonderful um, to work with Ineke. So uh, that's what I wanted to say. Of course, as everybody knows who has been listening to my podcast, I have kids. And I asked also my kids to record something for me. Yeah, I tried many times. Didn't work out that well. But I'm going to still play it to you. I like that my mother can um, speak with... with uh, with much people and I like very much her podcast and <laughs> bye bye so that was uh, one of my sons and then my bonus son he shared this hi saw the podcast I like about Stella that she works very hard in the home and I see that and I am very happy that she likes what she's doing. And yes. Yes. And that's nice that my kids see that, that they see that I'm happy. And I have to say, every time I tell them tonight is podcast recording, you have to be quiet. They are really quiet and they are not usually quiet. And it's incredible to feel their support and that they feel like, okay, she's doing something important. Now we have to shut up. And I think I have one more recording for my kids. Let's see. Happy birthday, Shout the Podcast. Who are you? My name is Eandas. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I hope you've got a bit of an idea how things are happening here. And I always have to change rooms. Sometimes I'm in the washing machine room. Now I'm in my partner's office, depending on how full the house is and um, yeah, who is around and what time it is. Uh, then I also want to share maybe with you where my listeners come from. So my most downloads come from the Netherlands, where I'm based. And the second country is the United States. So there I have my most listeners, but I also have um, listeners from Ireland, um, from Belgium, Poland, Cyprus, Greece, Germany. Um, I saw downloads from Egypt, the UAE. Today I saw New Zealand, Japan. I had downloads from, let me think, Russia, the Ukraine, the UK. Yeah, the UK is also quite high. Uh, I had a few from Curaçao, um, I saw a few from Argentina, and Spain I have quite a lot, Portugal I see lately, somebody's listening there, and uh, Germany I said it already, so I like it that it's, um, yeah, it's it's in, in, in many places, uh, so um, I'm really happy about it, yeah, UAE I already said it, and then of course I also get others, so I don't know where these people are based in. And the episode that has been downloaded the most uh, is Reimagining Syria with Rula Assad. She's the founder and ex executive director of the Syrian Female Journalist Network, where I also um, work at, and I'm a member of the board. Hers, uh, her, Our conversation with Rula has been downloaded the most, and every day somebody's downloading it. So, uh, yeah, that's maybe also nice for you to know. And yes, then. I'm almost finished with my anniversary episode, but I also want to um, read out some messages that I received from people because not everybody wanted to record. And I received one message from Maria and she says, happy birthday. I'm so happy to be a member of this beautiful community and celebrate your first birthday. And I wish you many years more. I cannot tell which one is my favorite episode. I love them all. But if I have to choose, I would say two. The one with Sophie Antonellini, love letter, our love letter to feminism, and the other one with Crystal Letchert um, about Palestine. I love the Salta podcast because it's so easy to hear and the conversations are so honest and give me the feeling that I participate every time. It is so cool and liberating for me to see that all the women from all the places of the earth can speak and have their own power to change the world for better. My salt is my female existence and my lovely children with love, Maria Zmirniotti. Um, and that is one very beautiful message that I received. And thank you so much for it. Another message that I received was, thank you, Stella. Really thank you for creating this wonderful space to share and heal together. And uh, based on this feedback, I want to play a question that I received And you will see why I'm linking it to it. Because when you started the podcast, you, of course, had a lot of expectations about what the podcast will be like, uh, how people would receive them. And now looking back after a year, uh, how would you describe your journey with Sol the podcast? The expectations versus the reality. Super curious to hear. Yes, yeah, so if I have to look back... Um, and expectations to what happened. Um, I don't know if I really had expectations. Like, of course, when I had my podcast coach, she was saying, you need to put milestones um, to reflect. And I was like, 
really? Why? No, you have to do it. And of course, I wrote down some milestones. I don't know, one was 500 followers on Instagram, stuff like that. Um, but answering this question about when I look back, um, what happened, what were the expectations, what actually happened is one of the things that um, I can say, and that's why I wanted to link it to the one feedback that I received, that also myself through the podcast, I'm also healing. Um, so I really like that, that I received this message saying for creating this wonderful space to share and heal together, because it's really about doing this together. Um, when I meet my, my guests, I always look at us as equal. I don't uh, consider myself superior because I'm the one asking the questions, but, um, yeah, they're also doing something in me. They're also asking me questions. That's why I always give them also the opportunity to ask me at the end of the episode a question. And also during the podcast, they can do this because I also want to share a part of me. I don't just want them to share. And um, yeah, and, and this has also um, healed me having certain conversations, having conversations about sexual consent, about sexual harassment, being able to share my own experiences and reflect on them and understand why maybe I reacted um in certain ways at certain times, speaking about racism, speaking about motherhood, birth, I've healed together or I'm healing together with my guests. So this is one thing that um, I can see when I look back and I've become much more open, much more open about my own pain, my vulnerability, um, opening up about things that I would call in the past my secrets that I'm not allowed to share because people will abuse it or whatever. And now, now I know who I am. And again, going back to Audrey Lord, right? Um, if you know who you are and, and, and you share it and you know that you're purposeful and you're deliberate and then you're afraid of nothing. And then you don't care what people think or will say about you because you know who you are and you know that you are deliberate and purposeful. And this is also something that the podcast gave me that and through that and through becoming more vulnerable and sharing things about myself, I've connected much more with my friends. Like one of my friends told me, since you have the podcast, I have a completely different relationship with you. I know you now and I feel much more comfortable with you. I thought you were some kind of superwoman that everything works for her. And, and now he, listening to you, it just changed everything for me and our relationship. So this is a big, big um, learning lesson for myself and, and a very beautiful um, thing that happened to me through SOLD. And of course, I met incredible people, incredible people, and I'm meeting incredible people all the time. And it's so, so nice. Um, and being able to speak with people in Germany, in, uh, in, in Turkey, people based in the US, people based in, in the UK, in so many different countries. Um, and this is also very, very beautiful, connecting with people, meeting new people, because not everybody that I'm speaking with, I know. Sometimes I just send them a random message on Instagram. Hey, do you want to speak on my podcast? Yeah, sure, let's connect. And that is also wonderful. It is really wonderful. And I've met people on Instagram, um, like Florencia, that um, we just connected through a quote that I posted. And now we are chatting. We had a Zoom call. She asked me one day, I want to get to know you. Do you mind having a Zoom call with me and chatting with each other? Sure. So for me, it's really about um, the small things. It's really about the quality. It's getting messages from people telling me this episode really inspired me. This, because in one of the episodes, for instance, I share that I'm working on a box that I'm going to give my daughter in the future. And I will put uh, uh, an image there that I bought from Shattering the Ceiling. 
um, like a person, an artist in Canada that I met on Instagram um, of the vulva with all the different words, the clitoris, the vagina, the urethra, so that um, my daughter knows how she looks down there because I didn't know for a very, very long time. I didn't really know what is this, what I have down there and what do I have down there? And um, yeah, she messaged me and she said, I will do the same. You really inspired me with this. And that is beautiful. Um, I am learning a lot. Others are learning a lot. I'm connecting more with people. I get these messages of seeing how people maybe through an episode they listened to, they made a decision, they made a change in their life. And um, yeah, I reconnected with old friends, with somebody I hadn't spoken to in 15 years. And she messaged me and she says, I'm listening to your podcast and what you're doing is incredible. What? wow, wow, where did you find me, you know? And uh, somebody from my university contacted me. I don't know how she found me. And she was, uh, yeah, we were studying together. And she also messaged me, telling me that she's listening to my podcast and she's really enjoying it. So these are the things that um, matter to me, you know? It's not about um, money. It's really about making a difference. It's really about connections, um, deep connections, not superficial ones. And of course, if I look to the future, I want my podcast to grow, obviously. I want to have um, more speakers. I have some dream speakers um, that, that uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I want to have on my podcast. I want to grow. I want to grow the downloads. I want to grow my followers. I want to grow my impact. And I would also love to have more um, face-to-face meetings. So I have some ideas and um, I hope that um, COVID will, um, yeah that the situation will become different so in order to be able to um to do it and then i want to play another question that i received and for you stella i have a question um i really admire what you have done i really admire your your power your strength and also your light and your soul but um my question is like if you had to imagine like a, like a, an objective future, like really this is the future that I dream of for you, what would it be? Yes, the future that I dream of, what would it be? I think I've kind of said it already at the beginning. For me, it's, and I mean, she's saying, right? I can, uh, I can, the future that I imagine, so I will imagine it and I will go in line with Angela Davis' quote, that um, I imagine a radically different future. And a lot has to do with breaking certain power structures, oppression. And because sometimes when people think about feminism, they think about having more women uh, in CEO positions, having more women in the board. Um, Yeah, giving women a higher salary. And of course, it's important that we get equal pay. But... It's also about what is the purpose if the system is still the same. And the only difference um, that you have is that now you have more women represented in those existing power structures that are still making wars, that they're still marginalizing people, oppressing people. Um, That, yeah, women who break the glass ceiling, right? That's how you call it. But at the end of the day, they are still exploiting together with men. And my future doesn't look like this. Um, I imagine a future. Yeah, I mean, it might sound very simple, but not simple because it's not simple, but it might sound very romantic. No racism, no oppression, 
um, breaking capitalist structures, exploitation that is happening in the world, this idea of heteronormativity, um, the racism that LGBTQI plus people are experiencing, the discrimination they're experiencing, getting rid of sexism, um, fostering the, really this idea of, of community, of coming together. And of course, and this is something that, that I want to get more into, the climate, the climate. We, there is no planet B, as my friend Pamela always says. And um, I imagine a world where we are more connected with the nature. Yeah, where nature is, is a part of us because it is, right? Mother Earth. This is something that um, I, I miss that we should be more connected to Mother Earth because we are not. And um, this is one of the things that um, I imagine uh, in the future, for, for my future. But I want to finish with a quote um, today by Ava DuVernay. She's a director, producer, writer. She's just an amazing woman, like really a badass. She's incredible. And, you know, I want to finish with her quote because for some years I had certain ideas in my head and, and I wanted to make a change. But um, as I said earlier, it was just in my head. I wasn't really doing anything about it. And then I said one day, I, I just need to, to create it myself. I need to go out there and I need to ask for help huh? because that's also important, asking for help. Community, as I said earlier. And I want to finish with her quote as a motivation to maybe, I'm sure somebody has to hear it. I'm not going to continue knocking that old door that doesn't open for me. I'm going to create my own door and walk through that. And this is how I want to finish. And I want to thank you all for listening to Salt, for your support, for your love, for your messages, for sending me these nice recordings for uh, my anniversary episode, for meeting you, for, for sharing these moments together. You all mean so, so much to me. I dreamt about Salt, and it is so beautiful to see it happening, to, to become a reality and to do this with all of you, because obviously... I could not do this by myself. And I want to thank you all so, so much from my heart. And uh, yes, and then it comes season two. And I think now I'm going to have um, a nice Prosecco. <laughs> Lots of love and solidarity to all of you. Something that is loved is never lost. Stella Sagliari and this is Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast.